Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. First of all, the counterattack that's taken place in Kherson Oblast, which is just north of Crimea, that has begun on a very modest scale. A lot of preparation taken place in doing that. And this, this will turn out to be, I think, a turning point in the war. Can the Ukrainians take back territory that the Russians have seized? And will the international community continue to support them as a result of that? If they fail to take the territory back, the Ukrainians are very concerned that the international community will begin to walk away. I mean, not precipitously, immediately, but over time. That is their fundamental concern. Yeah, they're worried about the nuclear power plant. They're worried about taking back territory. And Kyrgyzstan means a lot. They're trying to keep everything down and the progress they're making low. Uh, they're also trying to infiltrate in areas that Russia stole, like Crimea. And the New York Times reporting that the Ukrainians are taking responsibility for it, blowing up nine planes inside Crimea, one of these sabotage operations that would their goal is to make every bit of land that you could that russia has taken and try to annex and make them up uh, make them fear for their lives on a daily basis if they can't take it back make it be impossible to settle admiral james chavitas knows all about it 16th supreme ally commander of nato author of risk it all nine conflicts in the crucible crucible of decision uh, Admiral, welcome back. What could you tell me about this war in particular? Because I think something's changed since we spoke two weeks ago, and I'm not seeing much land, uh, much land grab, many uh, many miles of land grabbed by the Russians. Now, the Russian offense, as uh, you and I and Jackine talked about a couple weeks ago, is really grinding slowly, if at all. And what's happening, of course, is massive losses. Uh, U.S. intelligence now estimating 70,000 Russians either killed or wounded off the battlefield. That's roughly half the combat strength Putin started with. 25% of all the equipment uh, he went in with destroyed, probably a bit more. And as you just point out, this kind of stunning uh, behind enemy lines, the dirty dozen kind of raid against the uh, the airfield in Crimea, taking out a substantial chunk of, uh, of war planes. So things are kind of moving in the Ukrainians' direction. I'm with General Jack. Um, we need to watch what happens around this town of Kyrgyzstan. It's the gateway to Crimea. It controls the water supplies into Crimea. If the Ukrainians can pull that one off, taking that territory back, I think uh, they will have a great deal of momentum headed into the fall campaign. How close is this Iranian deal? The Iranians and European Union are, are seem to be hammering this out. The Russians are dealing directly as well. What could you tell us about it? Uh, and how concerned should we be? Well, I, I've spent a lot of time in the Middle East and uh, have often bought carpet there, bought rugs, um, many of which are made in Iran, Persian carpets. And whenever you're in a transaction about buying a rug in the Middle East to include in Iran, um, it's going to be very hard to ultimately close the deal. And what you're seeing is the Iranians say, 
Hmm, that looks good. That looks good. We're very close. Whoops. Wait a minute. We got one more thing we want to nail down here. Now, where are we this morning? Uh, the Europeans appear to be crafting some kind of agreement that would take one of the big hard stops for Iran off the table. That's the inspection of their nuclear program. And if they do that, if, they, if the Europeans are successful with the Iranians, then I think you have probably a two in three chance of this deal coming through, which is way up from where I thought it would be uh, six months ago. So we caught them cheating. They want to stop the investigation into the cheating, and now we want to agree not to even look into that site. <laughs> what, a, what a joke. I mean, how is this in the best interest of our country? I know it's rhetorical. And that provision where the Russians hold the weaponized uranium and they give it back if we if we tear up the deal like trump did so if the republican walks in marco rubio becomes president he goes yeah i hate this deal i'm ripping it up so the russians come in with the uranium and give it back to the uh iranians uh, yeah, that would I, be unbelievable I I agree with everything you've said. This deal has more holes in it than, than a Swiss cheese, and it uh, particularly is distasteful in a period of time when Putin uh, becomes the guarantor, if you will, while he's invading Ukraine, and by the way, is being hosted repeatedly in Tehran by his new best friends, the Iranians, uh, doesn't look like a, like a good landing to me. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. So uh, the, the we did some, everybody's watching Taiwan and the speaker's visit mm -hmm. and how Taiwan was really uh, surrounded in a series of uh, war, war games or, or military exercises that gave us an idea of how the Chinese might invade Ukraine, might invade Taiwan. What is your takeaway from that? And what could you tell us about these D.C. war games that have the U.S. Mm -hmm. and China fighting over Taiwan? Yeah, three big takeaways from the uh, Chinese reaction to the uh, Pelosi visit. Number one, uh, they've given us a pretty clear look at their war plan, and this is what U.S. intelligence has postulated all along. It'll be a blockade, long-range ballistic missiles. Uh, the only thing we didn't see them exercise was the energization of a fifth column that undoubtedly is built into Taiwanese society, special forces, targeted assassinations, explosions all over the island. Uh, so we got a good look at the war plan. Number two, um, we see that U.S. Um, is going to have a very challenging time uh, pushing this back, and we'll come to that in one second with the war games. And number three, little noticed, but the Taiwanese response, their military exercises, which have gone on over the last couple of days, kind of in response, show a, a very capable, very motivated force. Uh, bottom line, we need to do more to ensure the Taiwanese are ready to fight in a way that the Ukrainians were not, and we had to flow weapons in very late in the game. Let's do that earlier. As to the war games, um, simply, Brian, they show how tough a fight this will be. I think many Americans think the U.S. Navy would just roll over the Chinese Navy. That's not how this is going to come out. There'll be huge losses on both sides. 
uh, the outcome. I, I would still, as an admiral, I'd still rather have the American hand of cards to play in this than the Chinese one, but it's going to be hard fought with a lot of casualties. 18 of the 22 rounds of the game played in the, in, in, at this point. Chinese missiles sink a large part of the U.S. and Japanese service fleet and destroy hundreds of aircraft on the ground. However, Allied air and naval counterattacks hammer the exposed Chinese amphibious and surface fleet. The reason for the U.S. losses is that the United States cannot conduct a systematic campaign to take down Chinese defenses before moving in close. Uh, the United States must send forces to attack the Chinese fleet. To get a sense of the scale of the losses in our last game uh, iteration, the United States lost over 900 fighter attack aircraft in a four-week conflict. That's about half the Navy and Air Force inventory. But they do believe that the Taiwan could repel an invasion, correct? Correct. And if you think about it, um, Taiwan is a, a tough nut to crack. It, it's an island that has an 80-mile moat right in front of it. Um, and, and, of course, the vast Pacific Ocean on the other side. And the island, if you've never been there, I have, is very mountainous. Um, it, it's covered with forests. Um, the Taiwanese have plans how to fall back if they need to. Even if the Chinese could get a toehold, it would be a very tough fight on the island itself. Um, bottom line, Brian, one thing to worry about that we haven't mentioned and was explicitly excluded from the war game was what if the Japanese don't let us use the bases? That would be very significant. And a second thing is there was no use of tactical nuclear weapons, something that I explored, as you know, in my novel, 2034, a novel of the next world war, a book about a war between the U.S. and China. So even with the massive losses we're talking about, there are other right. twists of the wheel of fate that could uh, undermine this campaign. It'll be very challenging. Admiral, one thing that drives me nuts is that we've been talking about what the Taiwan needs to defend itself. I have not heard any consummation of any of these requests for defensive weapons that would repel China. I mean, we hear that they, we know exactly what they want. We know exactly what we can give them, but we're not doing it. What is the holdup? Uh, I think at this point, um, the light is going on across the political aisle that we have to do this. It's been in a kind of back and forth stage. But I think, Brian, uh, this is something that there's agreement from Pelosi on one side to Mitch McConnell on the other side. And frankly, the war in Ukraine ought to tell us if we put the weapon systems in there, we can deter China and avoid a war. So I think you're going to see motion on this pretty significant in the fall. And uh, in that sense, um, we can uh, hopefully get ahead of the curve in a way that we weren't in Ukraine. All right, uh, we'll see how it goes. Any word how, if the Russians are paying an economic price as significant as they need to to revisit the wisdom of this war? Uh, slowly but steadily, these sanctions are biting. But let's face it, it's going to take time for those economics to come into play. The thing to watch, the thing that will push Putin to the negotiating table is actually not the sanctions. That will be helpful. But the thing that will push him will be the combat losses he's suffering. The Ukrainians are making the Russians pay for every inch of territory. Crimea could end up soaked in Russian blood. Um, that is what is going to get Putin to the table, and that's what we need to put in the hands of the Ukrainians, the tools to accomplish that. I hear the numbers 85,000 wounded or killed. 
Is that correct? Correct. Um, absolutely. And, and, and let's make a point. That's from U.S. intelligence, which historically is very conservative in how they make those kind of assessments. British intelligence puts those numbers even higher. Um, this is a massive loss of personnel. And, and final thought, Brian, uh, Putin has thrown open the jail cells in Russia, saying to felons, murderers, um, thieves, hey, I will commute your sentence from 15 years or 20 years down to six months and give you time served if you will go and fight in Ukraine. Think about that for a minute. How desperate is that? Uh, he, will, he will not have a draft. Very. He thinks it'll uh, boomerang on him. Uh, Admiral yep. James Chavides, thanks so much. You bet, Brian. Have a great weekend. All right. Bye-bye. That's a lot of knowledge. I just don't know who, very few people in the country you can talk to to give you a more solid update on a chance of winning a war against China and what's actually happening in Ukraine and how bad this Iranian deal is. So with that, we laid the groundwork and we're also following this story. The president of the United States made it clear through his website, Truth Socials, it looks like Twitter, that he has no problem releasing the warrant, no problem releasing the affidavit that was handed to him as the FBI decides to raid to raid Mar-a-Lago on Monday. What they took, what they were looking for, and why the Trump camp is convinced that the attorney general is way over his skis. There is a report that he had nuclear plans uh, and details on nuclear weapons in his possession. I have not seen that confirmed. Where was that in June? If you knew about June 22nd, why did you wait till August? This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. Expanding your knowledge base. It's the Brian Kilmeade Show. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, in these ever-changing times, you can rely on Fox News for hourly updates for the very latest news and information on your time. Listen and download now at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.